By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 80 of the Cannabis 101 podcast, hour number one. Uh, things are going to be a little bit different this week because I'm still recovering uh, from pneumonia. Battled that last week and uh, not 100% there but getting close. Um, so yeah, that's why we did not have a show last week is I was uh, basically in bed for five days. So glad to be vertical, glad to be chatting with you and glad to uh, kick off the show um, in a way that um, only we like to do here on the Cannabis uh, 101 podcast. And that's by finding out just what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boom boom, don't it? This is great. This is the bee's knees. So, uh, with what's your groove, I want to know that uh, if you're uh, smoking a joint, uh, maybe you've got a bong, maybe you've got some CBD, maybe you've got an edible that I have, uh, let me know. Hit me up on uh, Twitter at the Cannabis 101. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. So kind of the uh, the tagline or one of the slogans of this show is it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Uh, and after, you know, just uh, getting over pneumonia, it's probably not a good idea to be smoking or even vaping a lot of things. I'll vape a quick uh, bag later or even not even a full bag uh, in uh, Know Your Buds. Uh, but I've got to re- recover, so I don't want to do that. But I still want to get uh, uh, the benefits of uh, the wonderful plant that is cannabis. So I have here from Colab Project a cherry cola pop. Uh, so I uh, was uh, in to see my good friend Gage at Plant Life Jensen Lakes. And uh, I always love his uh, recommendations, something new. I was uh, looking for an edible that uh, I could have. Uh, because I'm, again, not wanting to do a lot of vaping and uh, especially, uh, if any, uh, smoking, no smoking at all. So uh, this has uh, kind of been described as a little bit of maybe a, like a Pop Rocks. And I love those. Uh, so that is what I am grooving on. Mm. That was tasty in the Pop Rocks. Bravo, Gage. Thank you. Um, well. Wow. You got all the tingles now. Thank you for that recommendation. 
Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and uh, I'm sure I will in the next little while as well. All right, that's what I'm grooving with. Let me know what you're going with, and here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Uh, Very, very excited to be speaking with John Fowler of Blaze Ventures. The man behind Respect the Plant, Seven Acres. Can't wait to bring you this conversation. Very open and honest, uh, and and John um, giving some great suggestions for the cannabis industry and talking about his past and the future. So really, really excited. It was a really, really fun conversation that we will be bringing, and then we'll have one-hitters with John uh, later on in the week. Chris Ionson of Plant Life Cannabis, regional manager, will be by as well. We're doing Black Cherry Punch from Figure. This is a dynamite cultivar, and it was in phenomenal shape as well. If you've seen uh, some of my Instagram posts, things like that, I, I have had some cannabis, and I try to be honest when I get cannabis that isn't good and is good, and this stuff is uh, very, very good. Our cannabis question is about 2021. We will have what pairs well with cannabis. The cannabis character is from Scary Movie. We'll tell you about the uh, Weed Weekly uh, and our giveaway that we have every week. But let's get things going right now and give you a chance to win some great prizes with the cannabis question. It's prize time. (laughs) Chime in on the cannabis question. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So the question is, what is something new to you in cannabis in 2021 as uh, so many great things are already happening when it comes to uh, the plant. Uh, For me, I've uh, discovered bath bombs. Uh, We had uh, Tanner Stewart of Stewart Farms on and uh, went out and grabbed uh, one of his uh, Blue Dream bath bombs and uh, it was definitely relaxing. Um, Like like we'd said in the discussion, um, you know, your definition of a high or how you feel might be different than mine and probably very much is, uh, but it was certainly relaxing. I will say that. Um, It's something cool. Uh, Good. And and especially I loved, um, you know, his reasons behind the packaging. So I'm going with bath bombs. But what about you? Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. Get us on Facebook or Instagram, Cannabis 101 Podcast, and you can email us, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com, and you could be entered just for chiming in uh, for a Cannabis 101 Podcast prize pack. As for what pairs well with cannabis, uh, for me, that's anything that uh, pair you pair well with cannabis, um, you know, and, and that could be anything. For me, it was its health. Uh, the slogan is it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Uh, while I was dealing with my pneumonia, one of the things that helped me was CBDT, uh, the peach ginger, I believe it was. And uh, it was something that I could actually keep down, uh, made me relax a little bit. It just helped along with the you know, of all things, uh, a bubble, soda water, uh, just on its own. Um, but yeah, so uh, health, CBDT, uh, I really enjoy it. I want more of it. And uh, 
I think it's uh, something that I'm going to start uh, throwing into my daily routine of, of having a cup of uh, CBD tea, you know, in the afternoon. I think CBD during the day, as, uh, you know, John Fowler and I uh, will discuss, um, you know, throughout the day for people is going to be something, um, as we learn so much more about the plant, that is going to be much more popular. So that's what pairs well with cannabis for me, but I'd love to hear what you pair well with cannabis, uh, because I love discussing uh, everything about the plant uh, with everybody, and that includes uh, our great sponsors. Uh, David Wiley and Malcolm LaBelle will be on uh, hour number two on Thursday. They're usually on hour number one. Uh, they're one of our great sponsors, uh, as is Stonesmiths. Uh, check them out. Great local company in Edmonton, stonesmiths.ca, great Canadian company. Uh, their slash is uh, such a cool concentrates pen. It has a built-in loader, and they give you a cool uh, six-piece um, container, rubber container uh, that you can, uh, or silicone, I think it is, that you can uh, keep all your different concentrates in, dip your loader in there, and then boom. Also, they're an Edmonton company, as I mentioned, built for Edmonton winters, and man, did we get a doozy of a snowstorm last night. Uh, so I hope nobody was stuck out in it, but if you were and you had the slash, uh, the battery would have held up because it is built for Edmonton winter. So you can find more information at the website, uh, stonesmith.ca. Uh, you can find it at Shell Shock in Edmonton, Smokers Junction in Calgary, and Cowboy Smoke Shop in uh, Calgary. And Vancouver, uh, another one of our partners is the artist My Dead Dog, who puts together some uh, songs about the wonderful plant, including the weed song. We're going to hear that and then our conversation with John Fowler, the founder of Seven Acres and now Blaze Ventures, right after we hear the weed song from the artist, My Dead Dog. pleased to welcome to the show uh, a man very well known in the cannabis space for good reason and we're going to get into a lot of that john fowler of blaze ventures is joining me john thanks very much for giving us some time today how are you good thanks how are you i am excellent thank you and uh, pleased to be chatting about the wonderful plant and uh, the the uh, the question i always uh, start off with pretty much every guest just to kind of give my listeners and viewers a uh, a little bit of, of a background, and there's a lot of new people uh, that are coming to this space all the time. But what did you do before you decided to get into the uh, the cannabis space? I was a child. <laughs> so, so have I, you been I in the space been the whole time? In the cannabis space longer than my parents would allow me to admit on a video here. Uh, but you know, I, I've been I've been professionally involved in cannabis my entire adult life. And, and I was a medical cannabis advocate before then. So 
um, realistically, I kind of went from Tonka trucks to, to Tokes and never looked back. That's beautiful. So when and why did cannabis become a part of your personal life? Um, so for me, I'm not gonna lie. When I started trying it, I liked the stuff. It was good. But um, when it really clicked was the first time I met an adult medical cannabis patient. So as a younger person consuming cannabis, I always just assumed you stopped. It was, like, you know, silly things that young people did, I guess. Um, and I remember I was at my friend's house. Her mother's a, a registered nurse. Uh, her mother came over, sat down on a living room couch and smoked a joint. And like, that was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure I've seen adults smoking pot before then, but I certainly had not seen someone sit down on the couch of their own home and spark up a joint, let alone a nurse. And that was really my introduction to medical cannabis. And, you know, my peer group for a number of years was medical cannabis patients in their fifties and sixties. Um, and I was not in my fifties and sixties at the time, but that's really, uh, what started me down the path that cannabis can be. Uh, a positive long-term part of somebody's life. Um, you know, as a, as a good alternative to alcohol, there's a lot of recovered addicts um, that, you know, whether it's alcohol or tobacco or, or you know, opiates or other things that have used uh, cannabis. And um, that was really eye-opening to me. So I've always had that sort of um, medical first relationship with cannabis. And then it's become increasingly a, a bigger part of, of my life, uh, you know, as a hobby and a pastime with the activism uh, it was what guided me to law school. And then, you know, it's been my pretty much my entire working career for the past, what are we at, like seven years now. Oh, that's wonderful. And we're going to obviously dive into uh, a founding seven acres in a second. But let's talk about, you know, what it is that is going on currently with you and tell us a little bit about Blaze Ventures. Absolutely. So in 2020, uh, I started Blaze Ventures after um, being fired from Supreme. And really what I wanted to do is I knew I wanted to stay in the space, but I wanted to have some flexibility. Um, I also had a practical reality. Uh, I was doing an MBA at the time. And when I, you're supposed to put your company name. And when I said that I wanted to put unemployed pot dealer uh, instead of a job title, I was told I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, so we, we started Blaze Ventures with a good friend of mine, Scott Walters, um, with just a goal to basically, um, work in the space on project we cared about you know we wanted to make money obviously but really we wanted to make great products and and just love and respect the plant I, I know you have that uh seven acres tagline sitting beside you so um we started really not knowing what we were going to do but having a really strong set of principles that guide us and we just had the most amazing 2020 we were able to start multiple businesses uh we were able to build a really strong team and uh now we're going into 2021 um, you know, we're the managing partner for Muskoka Grown, which over the next 12 months, we're going to turn into one of the most exciting uh, smoked flower brands in the country. I'm super excited to, to roll that out over the coming quarters. Um, and we're able to launch our, our big rosin, uh, our live rosin coins, which was the number two selling premium product in Ontario in December. And quite frankly, I think the best value cannabis product in the space. It's, it's really, really good rosin, cheaper than I can find it on the black market. So uh, as long as that's true, I, I think we're in a good place. So that's sort of where we're at. And, and really, uh, the structure we have at Blaze Ventures allows us to be super nimble, super flexible, um, and either take on projects individually or take on projects as our, our full team is about 12 or 13 people now. Um, and it's been great. And it's really just reconnected me with the plant, uh, reconnected me with the consumer. And, and just, you know, I wake up every day asking myself, how can I make the consumer happier? And how can I make the plants happier? And, you know, as long as we're doing that every day, 
uh, the business just seems to get better. That's awesome. And you're right. I have uh, that uh, respect the plant uh, logo or, or catchphrase. Uh, just uh, I think it just ca- encapsulates everything. If you want to get started in cannabis, that's where you should start. And, and, and maybe let's go there. What was it like? Uh, you know, founding uh, something like Seven Acres and and coming up with, uh, I think, which is uh, something that is just encapsulates what you should be the the proper attitude when you're getting into this space. Yeah, so I mean, Seven Acres was obviously a career highlight for me, and uh, I hope the brand continues to be successful and and I can tell my grandkids about it one day. You know, uh, that that's what your your old grandfather created way way back in 2015 2016. Um, but for us, really, we, we had to achieve a couple things. Number one, I had a personal problem. I know a lot of people that were in the MMAR or ACMPR program that grew cannabis that was way better than Seven Acres. But I also knew Seven Acres cannabis was way better than most of what the LPs were doing. So if you notice, we always said we were the best legal cannabis. So that was part of our carve out. The second thing is we wanted to come up with a slogan that not only were we proud of, but that nobody could detract from. So I'm a big believer in net promoter scores. So your your promoters are are as relevant as your detractors. And we were worried that a lot of things we came up with, if you're in the culture, you know, at, at that time, we always viewed the unlicensed producers and sellers as our main competition. Um, you know, maybe arrogantly, we figured we could beat all the legal guys. Um, so we came up with respect to plant, because my view is you might not like legal cannabis, um, you might not like me, you might not like our brand, but you can't hate on the plant. And, and that's where we started and it really became a mantra for the entire business um, around just respecting the team, respecting the facility, respecting the company, uh, but most importantly, respecting the plant and, and the people that consume the plant. And I think that's what sets Seven Acres apart is um, we prized our customers. You know, there was a lot of people back then running cannabis companies who, for example, would not be happy if their 19-year-old child came home and said, I've decided to give up drinking wine and I'm just going to do cannabis now. Uh, I don't have a 19-year-old kid, but if I did, nothing would make me happier. Um, so that really was, was the ethos. It was, it was a mantra for us. Um, and one thing I was really proud of in December, I worked uh, a couple of shifts at a retailer in, in Toronto trying to uh, just better understand the, the retailer's job and, and how they deal with consumers. And Seven Acres, you know, we weren't the top-selling brand that day but we were the top selling brand that people asked for by name. So for example, ready can with their, their readies flew off the shelf, but people would ask for the little cigarette joints. Right. Uh, people came in asking specifically if we had anything from seven acres, it was the most heartwarming thing to know, even a, you know, a year after I'd been involved uh, that people are still asking for it by name and, and just being proud that, um, you know, we, we set up a brand and we set it in the right direction. And uh, I think some good people are at the helm, you know, managing that brand moving forward. So that's the, the the beginning and the excitement and, and everything um, that was uh, you're so proud of. I, I guess the, the flip side, and you alluded to it earlier, having to leave that company that, that you built, uh, is, you know, is that one of the, the harder things that you've had to deal with? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that. Um, so, you know, look, everything comes to an end at some point. Um, I always had a fantasy that, that I would run the company for 40 or 50 years. Um, but you know, I was, I was not perfect as a leader. I I didn't make every decision correctly. Um, and, and in the end, there was a a change in direction in 2019, uh, that, that saw me, uh, you know, move to the side and then eventually moved out. 
Um, you know, for, for a while, I was very upset about it. Um, you know, be honest about that. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think we resolve things in a good place. Uh, again, I, I want nothing but the greatest of success for Seven Acres and Supreme. That's my legacy. I mean, you know, nothing is better for me personally than them being the first trillion dollar company or something like that, right? Um, but mostly I just, I, I like the idea of the brand doing well, the jobs at King Carden. Uh, Bina, the CEO there is, is you know, a super experienced in consumer goods. So she's going to bring a level of discipline and, and planning to the business that I think is needed. Uh, that was probably over my head, but, um, you know, like these things happen. Uh, but the plus side is it, it's opened up this great world of new opportunities for me to not have to deal with the headaches of a large public company, uh, not have to deal with having to raise hundreds of millions of dollars or, or have, you know, we had 75,000 shareholders at one point. Um, so I always joke, like I should go rent the Astrodome and fly everyone down there. Cause I can't even fit them all in the sky dome. Um, but to me now it's, it's really just about the consumer. We work in private businesses. We have a couple supportive shareholders, but mostly I self-finance the businesses. And it just means we can go back to basics, create great products, price them fairly, and make sure they're made by happy people. And if you can do that, the cannabis business isn't so hard. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. What, uh, when, when you think of uh, you know, great cannabis, you know, what, what do you think of? What it should look like, feel like? The, you know, this debate is going to go on uh, for a while. The, the uh, gray market, black market compared to the legal market, whatever it is. Um, I, I, listen, I, I, I tend to think that people think that everything they got from the illicit market was always AAA number one product. There, I'm not debating there isn't great product and was and probably still is, but that debate that the legal market can't stand up to the uh, recreational market, I don't think exists anymore now that we're uh, a few years in. But what does good quality cannabis look, feel? What What is it to you? So... One cool thing about cannabis that I've learned, everybody's a little bit different, right? You sure. know, for example, um, you know, the WAPA we used to sell at, at Seven Acres, it's fruit. It's not, not my cup of tea at all. When we discontinued that strain, people were angry, like legitimately upset with us that we weren't selling that anymore. I'm like, it's a 17, 18% fruity Dutch strain. You know, why don't you want this nice OG Kush? But so everyone teach their own. But what I think is commonplace amongst consumers is everybody wants the best cannabis they can afford right so sure not everyone's going to go drop huge amounts of dough every week on their cannabis but all things being equal they want the best they can afford and i think the there's three buckets when you think about good cannabis i think first of all people want it to look good and what i mean by that is you know well trimmed it looks like it was cared for so obviously a good og looks different from a good cookies looks different from a good skunk but you know, all of them, it should have a decent sized bud, you know, it should be kind of frosty, it shouldn't have a lot of extra leaf on it. You know, I think we can both close our eyes and have a probably a fairly similar view of what good is. The second one is it should smell strong. And by what I mean there is, you know, again, a sativa could be woody versus a gassy indica versus a fruity strain, God forbid a cheese strain, which I hate, but some people just love. But whatever the smell is, I've never met someone that wants their cannabis to smell less. Maybe they want to smell like cannabis less later, but nobody's like, oh man, check out how strong this wheat smells. I wish it really smelled like less. <laughs> um, you know, we, whatever that smell is that you like, you just want as much of it. And I think cannabis should be graded on a distance scale. If I open up an ounce of weed sitting here, how many meters away can you smell it? 
and really good weed, that's a really big number. You know, um, I always love that when I'm in the house or we used to do a lot of sampling in the office. There was a couple of times where a jar of cannabis would open three offices down from mine. And all of a sudden, I, whatever I was doing, I just like perk up and just go running down the hall, you know, try to check it out. So I think, you know, it, it should look like it was well taken care of. It should smell strong, whatever it is. And the third one is that smell should come through in the flavor. So when I say it should taste great, again, not everyone likes the same flavor profile, but you want to taste what you smell without any of the negative characteristics of an acrid burn or a fertilizer taste or, or, you know, those negative characteristics. And, and I think that's the same. I, I think look, aroma and, and flavor is, is what consumers are after. And I think that we prioritize potency, but quite frankly, other than the value equation side of it, for most people, if you like smoking cannabis, it's not the end of the world to smoke a second joint if the first one didn't get you where you want to go. No doubt. Uh, so that's the, the plant. What are your thoughts on uh, the packaging and how ha- that's evolved in the, the last couple of years? You know, some of it was big and some of it has gotten smaller, which is a good thing and, and different varieties. I would love to see harvest dates as opposed to package dates. I'll be honest, I've, I've uh, accidentally walked, uh, well, not accidentally, but I bought some cannabis and got home and it was over a year old and, and it's, you know, almost like dust. But what are your thoughts uh, from, from your experience with how the packaging has evolved? Uh, so packaging is getting better. You know, most of us started in basically cosmetic jars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're porous. They, they don't get a good air seal. Um, even if you do get a good seal on it, there's often too much air in the, the container. Um, but I, I think things are coming. So I'll give you an example with, uh, with our live rosin. Um, we actually don't fully cure the rosin before we package it because we can't control the supply chain and, and the temperatures and the time. So we actually package it in a way that it's not fully finished so that the consumer can finish it at home and, and get the greatest experience. And I think if you think about a lot of products like vegetables and fruits, many of those are actually not picked at the peak of ripeness because they know you're not going to eat it right away. And I think that's bigger than the physical packaging itself. We all learned how to grow to make the perfect bud that's going to get consumed pretty soon, right? It's actually a bit of a different mindset to say, what's the perfect thing I can put in the jar so the customer has the perfect experience a month, two months, three months later. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I see a lot of, I want terpenes on the label. I want this date. I want that date. That's all bullshit. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Um, that, that's all window dressing. What I mean is brands need to stand by their product. I should know as a brand if my product is past its best before date, and I should go out of my way to make sure you don't buy it. These dates are all ways that we're trying to fact check the, the brand because we don't trust them. And the brands don't give us reason to trust them. So to me, yeah, sure, we can put all that on. It creates more complexity than people think in the facility. It adds cost. Really what we need as consumers is we buy things we like and we don't buy things we like. And we're very choosy with who we give a second chance to. And I think that when consumers are empowered, brands are going to adapt or die. But at the end of the day, that's really what it should come down to is when I buy this, Muskoka grown blueberry or this big live resin or canopy or whatever the brand is, right? I should know what I'm getting and I should get that delivered to me every time. And I shouldn't have to look for a date and make my own guess about, well, was this harvest date the right time or was the pack date the right time? I should know. It's good because this is what I expect from the brand and that's the brand promise. 
And if I get anything less than that, I have a right to be pissed off. And if the brand doesn't take care of me, I'm going to go to somebody else. You have not only, you know, created uh, companies, but you've also been an activist. Um, and, and with that comes trying to end the stigma uh, where it is involved with cannabis. You know, we, you know I, I started using cannabis uh, when I was uh, 15 years old. And, you know, up until then, you had to whisper that, hey, we're going to go smoke a joint. Now we can be like, hey, I want to go smoke a joint. You're, you're in the pub watching the game. Want to go smoke a joint? Whatever. We can do that. How do you think, um, you know, from from the time that you kind of became an activist until now, how do you think that stigma is uh, kind of on a level? And do you think, you know, and what are ways that you think people can do to help end it more? Uh, I think the the fastest way to end stigma is for everyone to listen to this podcast, go buy three and a half grams and get stumped and realize it's not the end of the world. It's maybe even kind of fun. but I think, look, I, I think legalization didn't remove stigma as much as I hoped it would. It created a lot of novel use, but almost a bit of stigmatized use and that, ooh, you know, it's a little risque, I'm going to do it. Um, I, I think what I'm excited for, if you look back on stigmas or a prejudice and all that stuff, it's often generational, right? So, you know, we, we've seen that with big ticket issues in Canada and the U.S., uh, the generation that's, you know, in their 40s and 50s when the world changes generally doesn't, you know, they might nodingly accept, but they don't believe it, right? What I'm excited for is, you know, I have family and I have friends whose kids are are turning, are teenagers in a legal space. Mm. They will never know anything but legal cannabis. They will never know that there was a time that if you chose to smoke pot instead of drink beer, you could lose your job. Like I literally, when I was a lawyer, Every Monday on my drive to work, I would make up a fake story about how drunk I got on Fridays because I didn't want to tell people that actually on Friday, I smoked a joint, hung out with my fiance and ate a cheeseburger. And on Saturday, I woke up early and felt great. Uh, but instead of like, oh, yeah, you know, went out to whatever, drank a thousand beers, didn't wake, you know, didn't wake up till noon on Saturday. And some in some perverse world, that was a better story than telling somebody I smoked a couple grams of pot on a Friday night. Um, but I think that it's going to be generational. But the, the individual thing we can all do to, to fight stigma is if we consume, just tell people we do it and be honest about it and be honest about the upside. And, and hopefully um, that'll make people realize that, you know, we don't grow horns. We don't lose our jobs. We don't do all these things. The, the biggest thing I had for my personal stigma that was really interesting was when I went from high school to the University of Toronto for my undergrad to the University of Ottawa for law school to Bay Street law firms, to the capital markets, the percentage of, of stoners was pretty much the same in all those groups. Hmm. Um, and, and that was really, you know, they hit it better as you went up the ladder, I guess. And, you know, there's still a lot of people I know who are influential folks that, that prefer uh, a toke to a drink. And uh, I'm always encouraging to be more public about it. But the fact that they won't just shows that, you know, there could be stigma. And we got to keep in mind, even when we beat that stigma in Canada, it's not the same when you travel around the world, right? I, I have colleagues that are not in the cannabis business who say, look, I don't care if people in Canada know that I use cannabis, but, you know, I travel to countries where it's still a, a legitimate, legitimate crime. Like I met a guy in Spain last year from Russia who told me, like, you can get decades in jail for a couple grams of pot. And, and you know, then I understood why he didn't want me to tag him on Instagram that, you know, we had this great conversation in Barcelona. Yeah, well, it shows while the world is opening up in some ways to uh, the plant, there's a lot of places that are never going to be 
open to it. And and uh, let's let's wrap up with this one. What do you think is the next big thing in cannabis? Could be in Canada, can be worldwide. There seems to be quite the shift going on. Uh, is there something that you think is going to be you know? And and I look at like you know we had the 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 season one as I called it of legalization where we had flour and a little bit of oil, and then we moved into these new products. And you know what's the next big thing for cannabis? Do you think? Uh, 100% the most important global event is U.S. legalization. So, you know, over the last 50 years, realistically, the world has been forced to adopt America's drug policy. Uh, and this is beyond cannabis. This, this goes to, you know, uh, what they've done in the Middle East, what they've done in Latin America. Um, you know, we, we've all fallen in the shadows of, of U.S. drug policy. And sadly, U.S. drug policy has informed a lot of their foreign policy. Um, so if we get legalization, I'm, I'm hopeful, uh, we'll see that in, in Biden's term. I, I don't, I'm not as bullish as some that we're going to see it right at the start. I think practically speaking, he's got bigger, bigger fish to fry, so to speak in the short term. Uh, but I do think, you know, with the blue wave, there's a good possibility we can see legalization happen. Um, and, and I think once we do, once America makes the change, uh, I think we're going to see a domino of a lot of states that are ready to go. Uh, but maybe we're worried about their U.S. relations before doing that. And sorry, by states, I mean countries. Um, so I think that's going to be uh, an accelerant to how quickly we we get to the point where most countries consume. And and again, you know, for example, those those countries that still have very uh, restrictive cannabis laws, once U.S. goes legal and you start getting foreign executives and actors and musicians being more open about their cannabis use, it's going to be harder and harder to maintain that prohibition fiction in, in those other countries. Well said, uh, John, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you uh, for seven acres and best of luck with uh, blaze ventures. Stay safe during these times. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. That was such a pleasure. What a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did as well, and big thanks to John. You can check out One Hitters later this week featuring John as we get to know a little bit more about his personal cannabis history. And you can find that in full episodes at www.cannabis101podcast.ca. You can also subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Is it heavy stuff, man? All right, so the cannabis character uh, that I am going with this week is the character Shorty Meeks from Scary Movie, the Scary Movie franchise, uh, but this one particularly is a Scary Movie 2, uh, and the uh, character portrayed uh, so excellent by Marlon 
weigh-ins. These horror spoofs, they were pretty funny, I thought. Silly, uh, kind of gross-out humor sometimes, uh, but for the most part, uh, they were just, uh, you know, good kind of sit back, especially smoke a joint and uh, laugh your head off, but they definitely did have a lot of those. In the second one, uh, one of uh, Shorty Meek's plants uh, gets possessed, rolls him up and smokes him, uh, it's a pretty funny scene that also includes uh, Neil Patrick Harris uh, as well. Uh, so here is uh, Shorty Meeks in Scary Movie 2. Good night, little plant. You drink all this little water up so you can grow up to be a nice, strong crime plant. Yes, yes. And then you'll be smoked by all the rappers and make them do a whole lot of dumb shit that fuck up their career. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to smoke you, relatives. Please, no! I didn't do it by myself. Whitney and Bobby, help me. Please, help me! Oh, shit, no! Oh, shit. I smell something burning. Oh, shit. It's me. I got an idea. All right, funny stuff from Marlon Wayans as uh, Shorty Meeks in Scary Movie 2 as our cannabis character this week. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. All right, uh, as mentioned earlier, big thanks to uh, our partners. You'll hear from David Wiley of the OZ and Malcolm LaBelle from the Business of Cannabis on uh, hour number two on Thursday, as we do this week in Cannabis News and the uh, Business of Cannabis uh, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company. Uh, so they're our partners, uh, the Regal Cigars, Andre from Regal Cigars. Uh, can't wait to get him out here when we can. Um, and, of course, uh, Stonesmith. Uh, they have the slash right here. Looks like the uh, thing for Men in Black. That's where the uh, design idea came from, but then they took it off. Uh, the cool thing is you've got these temperature settings. Uh, so uh, you just uh, double-click and uh, boom. You go up to red, which is 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Give it three more clicks, and then you're into the blue, which is 400. And uh, green, rather, which is 300. And um, you also have uh, blue at uh, 400. So different temperature settings. Uh, you know, if you've got live resins and, and live rosins, it's blue or green. If you got caviar or you have diamonds, uh, then you're definitely looking for, like, the, the green setting. Uh, shatter uh, is uh, and uh, definitely uh, great on the red setting. So very simple to use. If you're new to uh, the dabbing, uh, even if you're experienced in cannabis, but you're, you're not experienced with concentrates, maybe you're a little bit leery about using the torch. This is an awesome way to get into it. And for the veterans alike, it's great, uh, very, very portable. So uh, thanks to all of our partners, uh, especially them. Check them out at uh, stonesmiths.ca. Uh, love working with local companies uh, and and partnering up with uh, people that really care 
about the cannabis industry. Who grew it? What's the terpene profile? Who created it? What is the lineage? How much THC? What's in a name? This is Know Your Buds, a close-up look at cultivars you should try. Or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Oh, it is great to be chatting with my good friend Chris Ionson of Plant Life Cannabis once again after we had to unfortunately uh, postpone last week. It's it's hard to uh, to record a podcast when you're lying in bed for five days, Chris, so that's uh, why we had to skip it. But while I was uh, recovering in bed, you and uh, the, gear, uh, the gang at Plant Life uh, have been very busy, especially with some new stores. Yeah, that's right, Dino. I'm actually down in Calgary uh, right now. I'm here to uh, help support. Uh, we're opening a new store in Southeast Calgary uh, in the Mahogany uh, area. Uh, it's a big, beautiful store uh, opening on January 27th. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, pretty pretty pumped to kind of see. Uh, I guess this would be my, my first uh, plant life store opening. Um, got a great staff already, great manager there. Um, super excited to see where it goes. Indeed, uh, the uh, the plant life stores uh, popping up all over the place, and that is uh, good to hear. And I'm sure more expansion on the way uh, in some other spots. And and I'm really excited to, to be able to uh, take a look at this cultivar that we're doing today, Black Cherry Punch, an indica dominant hybrid. And uh, I I I'm excited because I like uh, the uh, the LP that it comes from. It's uh, Figure. So let's talk a little bit about Figure and uh, especially who the parent company is uh, with this uh, this ca- cannabis company that, uh, in my opinion, seems to be on a rising track. Yeah, no doubt, Dean. Uh, so the, the parent company is uh, Pixis International. Uh, and they're a global agricultural company with uh, over over 145 years experience of delivering value-added products and services to businesses and customers. Uh, so very dialed in on the agricultural side of things. Um, Figure is their their cannabis uh, region, uh, part of the company there, and it's uh, Figure is a handcrafted, homegrown cannabis company. Um, they grow cannabis with the the character of of fifth generation homegrown farmers and the integrity of a, of a fully verifiable source uh, to market tracking system. So it's pretty much, it's a combination of a farm wisdom uh, crossed with modern scientific rigor. Uh, it's very cool to see. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of seeing the kind of the, the farming industry get into cannabis. Uh, I think that that's, it just feels right. Uh, Figure was founded in, uh, in 2017 uh, by then president and CEO Edwin Gerald. Uh, in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Um, so they're out of PEI, and uh, it started out as a small family venture, and uh, and that turned into the big cannabis beast that it is today. Um, presently, the company is run by their current CEO, Harvey Carroll, and uh, Harvey comes from a, a background of 25 years of experience in the, the food and alcohol industry, uh, and he works out of their head office in Toronto. 
Wow. So uh, some pretty solid growth, uh, to use uh, the, the term of uh, the industry. Um, this is a company that, you know, as you mentioned, kind of started small and now is, uh, you know, really taking off. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, the, the history of their growth and, and kind of where they're working out of now. Yeah, for sure, Dean. So yeah, this company, uh, Shaker started out with four employees. Uh, now they have upwards of clo- close to 200 employees, uh, some seasonal employees, depending on, on harvest and stuff. But uh, I mean, four to 200, that's that's some serious, serious growth. Um, the facility in uh, Prince Edward Island is called Canada's Island Garden. And it's uh, it's over 300,000 square feet. Uh, it's six football fields, pretty much. Just picture, picture wow. them right next to each other. So a whole lot of growing space there. Um, they use LED lighting, uh, which keeps the energy costs down, uh, and it's good for the environment. Uh, they use rainwater, which is recycled, uh, a computerized system to monitor the data, uh, and they also use uh, natural air ventilation too. Um, and we grow in, in hydroponically too, which is a, a real nice way to soillessly grow your cannabis. Um, they also have a smaller uh, facility in Simcoe, Ontario. It's about 20,000 square feet. And it's named uh, the Gold Leaf Farm. And um, recently, the the company they they added an option uh, to to for expansion of, of upwards of seven hundred thousand square feet uh, because they acquired the twenty acres of land adjacent to this facility. So um, right now, that's kind of their their small facility for right now. Uh, with the you know, should, if they need to expand, uh, they've got the room to do it. Hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, that's that's awesome. I love those stories of uh, somebody starting small. You know, not that if you have the resources to start big, that's a there's anything wrong with that as long as you can maintain that. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of uh, companies that haven't been able to do that. And these guys are going the other way, starting small, doing it right, and, and building properly. And they also have, uh, I guess, a unique labeling system with their cultivars, don't they? Yeah, Dean, they do. So when Figure first came to market, uh, they, they were uh, a number system. So you would come in the number seven, the number 14, the number eight, uh, and they kind of represented different cultivars. Uh, it wasn't on the packaging. You kind of had to like look into a little bit. Um, I think that they kind of, they heard from from people saying, you know what, we want to know what we're smoking. We want to know what the cultivars are. Uh, and they pivoted, they switched and uh, they switched over to the, the curated collection of the Go series. Um, and so there's, you know, five different, I guess, uh, vibes on, on how you want to feel. Uh, and it's, it's uh, easy. There's a chill. There's steady, uh, which is what the Black Cherry Punch is under. That's under the Go Steady. Uh, there's also play and there's elevate. And those are a couple of sativa dominant ones. Um, and we just, it's kind of nice to see the, the different vibes, uh, but still see um, the, the cultivar there as well. Um, feel like they kind of got that one right. A lot of uh, a lot of LPs are, you know, going with just a vibe only. Uh, I like they've got a vibe and there's, a, I guess, a family of cultivars within that vibe. I could not agree more. I mean, 
It's like they saw what some people were doing and they were doing you know, a pretty good job and they perfected it because they have the vibe, but then the actual cultivar that maybe you're familiar with and you're like, oh yeah, I, I know about that, but maybe I didn't know about this one. So you're right. I think they're, I think they're as Charlie Sheen once said, winning on uh, this one uh, quite a bit uh, with, with that system. Uh, so, so bravo to that uh, with their, their different vibes and their different collections and also bravo to the them for the figure fund tell us about that yeah this is really cool uh so every month figure they take nominations um uh, for a bipoc uh owned business uh bipoc is a black or indigenous or people of color um so bipoc owned businesses uh once they've selected a business uh to support uh they will purchase products or services from from that company and and actually have the company distribute it to the community around them so uh very cool initiative uh i think it's a lot of good in interpromotion too i feel like um the companies involved are gonna uh you know benefit from that in in the the, the time to come uh and they do a new business every month too um so it's super super cool to see uh, i'm a big fan of you know cannabis companies we know they make money um, but it's nice to see them, you know, giving back or, or supporting the communities. I, uh, I think that's awesome too. Um, and you know, as we were kind of looking at the, uh, the website, you can just see, um, there's a lot of good information on it. They're doing a lot of really good things. Uh, so, so bravo to these guys, uh, for sure. Uh, but when it comes to the website and you can check it out at www.figr.com, they have something very cool. Um, I'm not going to say they're the the only ones, or it's like the 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 first ever uh, with with products. But I've I haven't seen this uh, with cannabis products. So tell us a little bit about how you can actually track. Um, you know, I'm I'm holding this in my hand. I can track exactly uh, the the right almost every detail about this batch, Chris. Yeah, buddy, it's it's crazy. So it's it's called the Sensi uh, Track and Trace System, uh, and it's something that uh, you know Figure offers to to make them stick out a little bit compared to the other LPs. Uh, each Figure product comes with a lot number it's right on the front of the jar, and uh, on their website, uh, there's a spot right on the homepage where you can actually put that lot number in. There it is, uh, and you can you can choose on the right there if you've got a number product or a go product, and it'll actually uh, bring up. A whole lot of info on that specific batch of the cannabis that you got in your hands. Um, you can see how it was grown, uh, where it was grown. Uh, they even have a COA, so certificates of an analysis are on there. Uh, and it's got a full breakdown of, of the terpene uh, profile in it, uh, as well as uh, you know pesticides tests and um, just like a full full deal of info. This is like one of my favorite websites that I've kind of come across in the cannabis industry for, for information. I think they, they just nailed it. Yeah. This is the best website I've seen, uh, hands down. I, I think that for information, uh, we were looking at some of the colors, uh, everything, uh, you know, I've, I've talked ad nauseum about, uh, you know, cannabis companies trying to stand out in a world where you're not allowed to do any promotion or advertising. Really uh, colors are a big thing in doing that. And they, they nailed that, 
but you can't just have all sizzle and no steak and they have the information. So bravo to these guys. Check out the website and they even have an app where you can scan uh, your lot number and stuff. So uh, to me, it's the best website for a combination of uh, the information, but it also is visually very appealing. And uh, we haven't always seen that. We've seen sometimes how websites have one, but not the other. And and this is uh, very eye-catching, as is the cannabis uh, that we're going to get to right now. So the history of, of uh, Black Cherry Punch. Uh, lay down the lineage on us. For sure, Dean. So it's a cross of Black Cherry Pie crossed with Purple Punch. Uh, so two two real delicious, delicious cultivars there crossed in to make a super delicious skid. Uh, <laughs> very tasty, yeah. Uh, within the Black Cherry Pie, we've got Black Cherry Soda crossed with a uh, 501st OG uh, and then the uh, the purple punch is a, is a Larry OG crossed with the Granddaddy Perps, um, so a couple of OGs in there, and then a couple of real kind of uh, flavorful fruity uh, cultivars. So it's a, a really good mix. So the the five hundred and first OG and the Larry OG are are those two um, you know uh, uh, coming from the same family tree sort of thing that have just been you know something else added to take them in a different direction. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, OG Kush is, is, is in both, uh, sure, for sure. Right. Uh, but I mean, it, it's, it's, a, both kind of have very, uh, different kind of uh, processes on, on how they got to, to the Larry OG and the, the 501st. Uh, All right. Well, I I know this is one of your favorites because of the GDP in this, and I know you love uh, GDP. If everybody, if anybody's ever looking uh, to get Chris uh, any kind of cannabis gifts, just come to me because I know some of his favorites, and I know GDP is one of yours. It oh my god it it is it's uh, that's one where um, when a lot of people come in and they they ask me a question in store you know what's I want to relax I want to feel good I want to have just a nice chill evening like um, they're not too educated they don't know too 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 much uh, I always try and let, let's start with the GDP it's not too intense uh, just a super amazing cultivar uh, created by one of my cannabis heroes Ken Estes the medicine man um, so just just legendary stuff there. Right. Uh, but uh, go on, no, yeah, go gonna, on. Yeah, I was just going to say about like uh, uh, the the GDP is amazing, but uh, the the black cherry punch that we have was was initially bred by um, the elite cannabis breeders in house genetics, uh, and they're out of the USA, uh, and they've got uh, sixty three unique cultivars that I, I came across on the my seed finder website there. Wow, uh, with really cool names uh that i i've never heard of before uh afghanimal uh blue nana uh cherry gorilla uh daddy matt um and there was there was even one called customer service a cultivar called customer service uh it's it's a girl scout cookies crossed with an allen wrench well, hey, you can't you you can fix anything with an Allen wrench, so uh, that uh, that works out, and uh, I love that. I love Afghanimal. I I think I might have to. I think I might have to get like name my next cannabis accessory in Afghanimal or something like that. I think that is absolutely uh, awesome. Uh, okay, so this is twenty three point four percent, and we'll tell you where that kind of fits on on our level. But what's in a name? Do you think, Chris? So with the with the black cherry punch, it's a genetics name. Uh, we've got the the black cherry pie, so the black cherry, and we've got the purple punch, so you got the punch. Um, I think too with the the black cherry uh, is 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 a, a flavor name with the sweetness of it. Um, but that's that's pretty much kind of a, just a basic genetics and, and flavor name, Dean. 
Alrighty, now we get to the look and uh, start with the packaging. Um, a standard tub, but at least it's not white. I think that uh, you know stands out. If you're, you know, in a store and you're, you're looking for something to display, that's going to catch people's eyes uh, a little bit more. Um, it was sealed. There was no humidity pack, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grade. If you have a humidity pack, you get bonus points. Uh, if you don't, uh, it's unfortunate. You should, but I will say, despite there not being a humidity pack, this was in great shape. Uh, it was in phenomenal shape. The only thing I worry about is, you know, I have purchased not this company, but uh, different types of cannabis that have been uh, a year and a half old. And I'm not saying a humidity pack is going to make it great, but it could help. Having said that, this stuff is in phenomenal shape, Chris. Yeah, big time, man. Um, I got some stuff last week and the week before. I'm a big fan of the... Uh, the um, what, what I've seen, uh, really, really nice, uh, well-tripped nugs. Um, sm smaller size, which I am totally good with. Uh, no leaves at all, just real dense nugs. Uh, Color-wise, we've got you know the darker green buds for sure. Uh, with some purple flecks in the bud and and some some real nice bright orange pistols, um, kind of my my favorite thing about the look though is the the dusting of trichomes. I think it's it's quite frosty. Uh, looks super nice. Um, yeah, I was very impressed when I when I first cracked my my first jar of the figure black cherry. Yeah, it uh, it it's in great shape. Uh, you know, feel wise. Like when you touch it, it's spongy. And, and sometimes I get a little bit leery when I see small buds and no humidity pack because they can be dry. And this one, sponge perfect. It was It's sponge worthy, uh, to quote Seinfeld. It was uh, absolutely awesome. And um, in, in the trim job, as you mentioned, the trim job is just, you know, some of the best. Like, you know, you, you're going to take some stems out as you're going, but... There was like no leaves. It was just, uh, it was one of the best trim jobs that I've seen in quite a long time. So bravo to them. Um, this is a terrific shaped cannabis. Uh, this is what, this is what, when you pay the money for your cannabis and get home, you are totally satisfied. I don't, I don't know how anybody could say anything negative about uh, this, uh, this batch of cannabis, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. yeah, well said, Dean. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've, I've been a big, big fan. I've gotten quite a few tubs already, and the pre-rolls, too, are nice as well. They come in a real slick um, kind of tin packaging. Mm. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. All right, let's talk about the terpene profile with uh, Black Cherry Punch. Yeah, for sure. So we got uh, limonene. That's our dominant terpene, uh, and that's going to be kind of a citrus fruity uh, aroma and flavor. Uh, Caryophylline is number two. And that's uh, black pepper and spice. Uh, and then we got linalool as number three. And that's kind of a floral lavender uh, flavor and aroma there. So um, cool thing about the Terps uh, for, for, I guess, this this particular uh, um, Know Your Buds is uh, like we we know specifically uh, the batch that, that, that you had there. Um, these are the dominant uh, terpenes. Yeah, yeah. You can look up uh, as we did. Uh, from from the batch, and uh, I'm just going to list them off. Uh, so, uh, as we mentioned, limonene is 0.36%, uh, caryophylline, uh, 0.22%, linalool, 1.8%, and then myrcene is the, the fourth one at 1.3%. So, it's amazing. It gives you lists like this is total transparency, and this is what the consumer wants, right? Um, especially people 
that are very new to cannabis and maybe don't know anything that it was other than it was illegal and maybe shady and uh, well this pulls back the curtain right this shows you everything that this is certified to be and is and this is what's going to bring other people in And, and speaking of new people give us a run through of what a terpene is for maybe some of the new listeners and viewers we've picked up in 2021 yeah, for sure, Dean. So terpenes are, they're aromatic oils. They secrete from the cannabis glands and they make your cannabis uh, smell or taste a certain way. So when you got bud, like, uh, you know, lemon skunk or something super citrusy, uh, limonene is going to be um, the, probably one of the more dominant terpenes in there. Um, with terpenes, there's, you know, the smell uh, and the taste and the flavor. Uh, there can also be some some effects that you can kind of, uh, received from, from terpenes. Now everyone is different. Everyone in our bodies all react differently to cannabis as we all have different biologies, but um, there are some generalizations where, you know, some, uh, I guess, a limonene, for example, is, is known to be a, a bit uplifting, whereas myrcene could be a bit more sedative, a bit more heavy, a bit more into the couch. Um, but again, those are generalizations. I mean, uh, terpenes and cannabis affect everyone differently. Uh, but with the terpenes is comes into the into play the entourage effect dean and that's thc cbd and your terpenes all combined together to give you the desired effect of the cannabis mm-hmm. yeah and we're finding out more and more and they even have the the uh the cannabinoids listed on uh, those coas on the website so uh, great information from you and great information from figure as well so what did you smell when you uh cracked open your batch the first time so for me, initially earthy and spicy, uh, right off the hop, uh, for sure. Uh, and then, and then I definitely got like a kind of a sweet, almost candy like uh, smell. Um, I'm kind of uh, trying to realize it, if, if maybe the name is kind of giving me a bit of a, that placebo effect. Because mm-hmm. I keep thinking of the um, Coke bottles, like those you know, black cherry uh, cola bottles. Uh, but I, I definitely got earthy, spicy, and sweet for sure. Uh, yeah. I, uh, the first thing I thought of when I opened it, and, and I kind of think I'm a little bit uh, the same with you, kind of a, maybe um, um, influenced by the name a little bit, but I smell black forest cake and sort of the cherries that, that go in that right away. Uh, I will tell you, though, after the grind, and, and I think that's also something that's important for people, uh, you know, smell your cannabis before you grind it up and smell it after because you know, things get, uh, molecules get released and things like that. But I got a real, real strong floral uh, smell that wasn't as prevalent before uh, that was really, really there after the grind. So I think that's also another, you know, we talk about putting your cannabis under a light and looking at it a little bit, uh, smelling it before and after the grind, I think can, uh, can bring out some different flavor smells as well too. Yeah, I, uh, that's become, I guess, a part of my, my ritual now, Dean. Uh, it wasn't before. Uh, now, when I when I you know prepare a joint, uh, I will smell my grinder uh, because you, you do get some some extra extra notes in there once it once it is ground up. So, uh, highly recommend everyone check that out. Do it on your own. Uh, you will notice the difference. All right. What about the taste test? What do you get from this? So, taste test for me uh, was definitely earthy uh, and woodsy. Um, and on the exhale, it's kind of like a, a citrus fruity sweetness uh coming out so again made me think of those coke bottles <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but delightful it's it tastes delightful in my opinion dean i think uh i i definitely got the uh the earthy and the uh the sweetness on the exhale 
Uh, I'm just waiting for the old uh, Supernova Volcano Hybrid to uh, fire up, and uh, I will get another taste at it. But uh, certainly uh, the, the earthy taste was very prominent, um, and, and I was expecting more of the floral taste, and it's, it's there, but it's more kind of like that fruity sweetness uh, that, that you talk about. What about your experience? I know you've had a lot of experience lately because you've been a big fan of this, but, you know, what's the, what, and, and, and as we should point out, as you did, everybody is different, but what was your experience like? Right. So in my experience, uh, super relaxing, very soothing on the body. Um, the initial highs is, is more so on the body to start. And then I, I kind of, there's a steady head buzz throughout. Um, makes me smile a lot. I, I get I get in a really good mood when I smoke the black cherry punch. Uh, I find it to be very balanced uh, with the head and the body. Maybe a slight edge to the body, but there is some real nice head effects to it. Um, yeah, like I, like I said, I've been a I've been a big big fan of it. Uh, I feel like I sold a lot of it too. People come in asking for something tasty. Um, here's what I like with tasty, um, and it's it's super smooth to smoke too. Uh, I, that was worth, I guess, bringing up. Uh, is, is every every time that I was consuming it in the joints that I would roll, uh, it was super smooth right to the filter, uh, which is I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, well, I could tell you, uh, I haven't been uh, doing a lot of uh, smoking. Well, I haven't been doing any smoking and uh, vaping uh, since I, you know, came down. Uh, with pneumonia last week and this is like you know one of the first days that i've tried this and and you're right and i'm taking very very small because i'm not fully recovered but very uh very very smooth especially in uh, the the vape form so uh, i can totally concur with that and uh, as mentioned everybody is a little bit different but we do like to make uh, sort of some general recommendations of who, what, and when this might be good for based on our experiences with it so who what and when what do you got so who it's good for intermediate smokers. Uh, don't jump into the black cherry punch if you're new to cannabis. Uh, just the THC levels are a bit on the high side. Anything 20% plus, you don't just want to dive right into. Uh, when it's good for, for me, it, it's an all-day cultivar. I, I, I like it all day. Uh, I think it's best in the evening time. Uh, but I definitely have, have started some some days off with, uh, with the black cherry punch and, uh, you know, found myself still motivated. I still got stuff done, uh, maybe a little bit slower than normal, but, uh, you know, with a big smile on my face. So that was great. Uh, what it's good for is chilling out, getting your relax on. It was really nice for that. Uh, it's great for right after work, uh, even right after dinner. I, I definitely was a big fan of it then. Um, kind of right when you get in, you know, <laughs> take your shoes off, put your keys on the counter, you know, jack it off. What am I going to smoke? I think the black cherry punch is a really good option for that. Uh, just puts you in a right, right mood. And I think it's great too for, for uh, watching sports. Uh, I, I watched some, some NHL games uh, with it. It was awesome. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, if you can watch the Oilers and still enjoy it because of black cherry punch, then, then there's at least a bonus because oh. there's not, there haven't been a lot to enjoy with the Oilers uh, this year. So there's a bonus to that. And, and you know what, I think is you made a really good point that we should bring up is that, you know, this is an indica dominant hybrid, but it's still something that you can use during the day. I think, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a push on and we changed the, the, this segment from what's that strain to know your buds because we're going with cultivar over strain. There's a lot of people that want to get rid of sativa indica hybrid. 
hundred. I, I, th- I still think we can have those words as long as we educate people that not every indica is going to make you fall asleep and not every sativa is going to make you talk, uh, you know, as fast as possible or whatever. So there's definitely some in-betweens and, and it's great to know that this is an indica dominant hybrid that is good during the day. Yeah. Yeah, totally, Dean. It was uh, like start the day off with this indica dominant right. hybrid. You're good. I, I didn't take any naps. I didn't uh, turn into a zombie. I uh, had some really good days. Awesome. All right. Really good days ahead for uh, people in the plant life family. You guys are excited about it and uh, the consumer will be as well. Yeah, Dino, we're, we're launching a, a new membership program soon. Uh, <laughs> it's actually going to be called the plant life family. Uh, we're uh, our, our, our guests that come, come to the plant life stores, uh, we're going to be able to, uh, you're going to have an app on your phone that, uh, and there'll be kind of like a point system there. And it's, uh, it's real exciting, uh, kind of pumped to get it launched here. Uh, I've, I've got to see a little beta version of it and, uh, it looks very cool. I'm excited to like use it once it's up and running. Uh, and I guess another thing too, with our plant life family is, uh, all of our Instagrams, uh, for all of our stores, all the Instagram accounts have been kind of set up. They're all. Uh, running um and I've, I've been i've had texts from friends being asking me you know if i've had anything to do with um you know the new instagram presence uh that we're that we're seeing from plant life lately and it's 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 just uh all stores of uh they've all got their their accounts up now and they're they're posting on the regular so uh if you've got a plant life store that you you go to on the regular and frequent uh check out their instagram uh page and uh you know you can see the daily deals and even on delivery days we're kind of letting people know about the new fun stuff that's coming in so uh all kinds of fun stuff happening with plant life dean that is awesome anyway any ca- uh, time you can uh, connect more with the consumer and give them more information all the better thank you so much chris uh best of luck with the store openings and we'll talk next week yeah dean thanks for having me buddy This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. Uh, Thank you very much uh, to uh, Chris Ionson of Plant Life Cannabis and, of course, John Fowler, uh, Blaze Ventures, uh, the man who founded seven acres and one of the best uh, slogans to ever uh, grace the cannabis industry respect the plant because that's if you don't do that from the beginning then you then you're you're hooped you're not going to go anywhere so thank you so much to them and to you i talk a lot about our partners but you are the the most important partner the listener and the viewer if you're listening and you want to watch us check out our youtube channel at the cannabis 101 podcast and uh, if you want to find past episodes it's the cannabis 101 podcast dot ca you can check out past episodes uh, contests and much more if you like the show i hope you did uh, please let us know subscribe leave us a review uh, give us your thoughts on the program always looking to improve and if you want to keep up to date on everything going on with the cannabis one-on-one podcast and the cannabis life experience get the latest with the cannabis uh, one-on-one podcast and the weed weekly at the cannabis one-on-one podcast.ca Sign up. You're in the mix for our Friday giveaway. Only for subscribers, though. And we spin the wheel of names and give something away every Friday. And it's an easy way to keep up to date with the Cannabis 101 podcast. If you'd like to become a partner, check us out. Email me at uh, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. 
com. For other shows, by the way, of the podcast variety, check out podcastalley.ca. Got some fantasy sports shows, an NHL draft show with Craig Button, and much more. We're back at it on Thursday. I know the graphic says Monday, but it will be Thursday uh, with hour number two, which is usually hour number one. David Wiley of the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News and Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company on the business of cannabis. We'll have Weed Word of the Day and the Cannabis Question once again, where you can qualify again uh, for our Cannabis 101 podcast. And we will have uh, the more information on the Weed Weekly. So... There you go. That will wrap things up for us on this episode. As we always do, we will leave you with the marijuana song from the artist My Dad Dog. Thank you so much once again to John Fowler of Blaze Ventures, Chris Hyanson of Plant Life Cannabis. My name is Dean Millard. We'll chat again on Thursday. Remember, it's uh, not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Mm-hmm.